This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. What are we going to talk about, Kyle? Well, we're going to discuss how I'm using the process of IBC or whole life insurance contracts can be perfect for a emergency fund. You mean you aren't thrilled about having an emergency fund paying 0.1%? You know, it just does not make a lot of sense when there's other options out there to, <laughs> to be using that. Now, maybe with some cash, um, because we can't get all of our cash into policies right away. But yeah, I mean, that that's definitely the, the end goal is to get out of that situation. Yeah. Yeah, money not doing anything for you really. Zero. Yeah. Um so the emergency fund. Um I mean this this varies widely um from people that you talk with 3 to 6 months, some say 6 to 12 months. Um and some say you should base it off of how much money you make every month. Some say you should base it off your expenses. I think that's more common. Some say you should save enough to pay uh to pay your employees for 6 months. Yeah. So what do you do with all that cash? I mean, that can be substantial for some people. Yeah, and if you if you just have all that cash sitting on the sideline that where it's not earning any interest and the, the very minute that it is is getting taxed every year and then it's also not providing any benefit to you or your family um and in the terms of death benefit. So I'm going to I didn't have this done before um we started our podcast, but let's say you have $50,000 um in a savings account or checking account as your emergency fund, and uh, it's earning 0.1% for the year because that's just what things are right now. Yeah, that's that's, what, we've, what we've seen anyways. That's $50 yeah. of interest that you would earn, and it would be taxed at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I think inflation, they're openly admitting, is at least 5% right now. So probably more like 15 Yeah something way higher than that. So your dollars are losing purchasing power. Yes. Of at least call it $2,500. Yep. Worth of, of purchasing power. Definitely. That doesn't work out very good for anybody. No. Um, so that's, you know, that's, I guess, you know, CDs aren't really talked about and I, I mean, I wouldn't really want to use that anyways, because if it's, if it's an emergency account, and you do need to use it. You give up the interest that you earned. Yep. Um, I mean, you can if you want to, but, um, you know, probably not the best thing. But you still need something that's that's liquid and available and hopefully not subject to the volatility of what the market is. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, oftentimes, if we need access to money, it could be um, at a time when the economy isn't very good. Yeah. Typically, when some people might be getting laid off. And some people will say, well, I can just, you know, get a line of credit against my stocks or, you know, whatever asset that it might be. And yeah, you probably can, depending on the situation, but you're also then giving up control in that aspect. Yeah, you might have to get access to the cash, but then you're on the bank's terms of how and when to pay it back. And I can't remember, um, I know you told me a story, um, and this wasn't. Um, this wasn't related to the market, 
but um, it was with real estate and home equity lines of credit. Didn't you say uh, that there was a state this year that they quit doing home equity lines of credit? Well, I think Wells Fargo across the board. Oh, Wells Fargo. Okay. It was yeah. a banking institution. Yeah. And I think they did that back in 08 as well. Something along the lines of when that whole housing crisis happened. So yeah, they started doing that, I think, at the last year sometime. So that may be something that is potentially viable, but if it's taken away at the time when you really need it, then yeah. that's not... That's not a good situation either. Yeah, because you, you do not have contractual access to the equity in your assets like you do with, uh, with whole a whole life, life insurance policy. policy. You are contractually guaranteed to have access to cash value. And it will say in the contract what percentage of that equity that you can access. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them are what, 95 to 95 99? to 99% typically. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a very high um, mm-hmm. percentage. Yeah, and I know some people will say, well, yeah, I put all my money in this whole life insurance policy, but then I don't have access to all of it right away. Well, no, we've, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, we do talk about that quite often. No, you don't. We're covering the insurance expenses and all that, but it's what we're building towards. And, and go ahead. And you can see with when you have a meeting with us, you know, we show you the policy illustration, the design, the guarantees, the non guarantees. I mean, you can see why it is the way it is, and then what when you can expect to have that back, and it'll all make sense. Definitely. And and to go along with that, you know, so if we want to use the life insurance policy as our line of credit, or excuse me, not our line of credit, our emergency um, savings vehicle, uh, it's probably not a place where we just decide, okay, I need to have, say, $20,000 or whatever it is for you in emergency savings. Um, or designated towards that. So we just go and start a policy, then we get $20,000 in it right away. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to build towards that. And you still want to have that money available to you, you know, whatever portion it is in savings that isn't available in the whole life insurance policy right away. Yep. So we'll be building up towards it. We won't be there immediately. We'll start to use it in conjunction with each other. And eventually you can get to the point where it's, it's all in your whole life policy. Mm-hmm. And then um, you could also, uh, you know, you could design a policy to where, say, we're going to do this over a five-year time span or something like that. Um, but you could say, um, either I want to keep going or I want to do like I planned and stop funding after five years. Or you can keep going. You don't have to make that decision up front. No. So that's a nice aspect of it, too. Um but I, I do want to clarify something that I said earlier. I do think you still want to have some money in savings um, and not absolutely everything in the whole life insurance policy. And I think Kyle, Kyle and I have mentioned this on the, the podcast before, but life insurance companies do hold the right to uh, take up to six months to fulfill a loan request. Um, We've never heard of that happening. But never seen it happen, never personally had it happen, never heard of it happening. When they have the rights, you need to be aware of that. Yeah, that's something you need to be aware of, and we're not going to hide it from you. I mean, just for instance, like this year, um, we had a client, I believe, I want to say he requested or talked to us on like a Tuesday about getting the money, and he had it Friday morning. Yeah, really quick. Uh, I fulfilled the loan request already. 
And that was with, you know, having to take a picture of a check and all that stuff. So yeah, send that in, getting the papers done, yep. which wasn't that much to do, but no, I mean, once it's done though, I mean, now it should be even faster. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that's something to be aware of. It's not something that I am personally concerned about in my own financial situation, but it's not something that we want to shy away from yeah. and not tell you guys too. I, I think it has more to do with, um, you know, the companies, if there's any anti-money laundering or money laundering going on, they want the opportunity to be able to check out and make sure that they aren't contributing anything to that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's something to be aware of. Well, then also when you take your, um, take a policy loan, you need a place for that money to go. So you're going to have to use a checking account or whatever savings, whatever you want to use to, to then deploy that money. Sure. So. You won't just take the check from the life insurance company and hand it over for your groceries. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, he will not. So Yeah. So th- I guess there's multiple reasons to keep a little bit. Mm-hmm. But should you keep the significant portion of it there? In my mind, no. You shouldn't. In the, in the savings account. In the savings account yeah. or checking account, whatever you are doing right now. Well, if you're going to have an emergency fund, I mean, what are some of the top things that it would need? I mean, I would think one Liquidity. Is- yeah, liquidity, the top two, liquidity, and then safety from as, loss. Yeah, as far as not being able to lose value. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if it's when, uh, you know, stuff hits the fan, like, you're going to need, you, you can't you can't afford to not have access to that amount of money. So. Yeah, and I mean, sure, you, you could use the stock market, and, and maybe you just have even more money there than what, you know, you'd actually need in your savings to try and compensate for the fact that it could go down in value. But it could be a hard thing, too, to want to sell. You know, you have to know, are you of the mindset of somebody that's going to be able to sell if the market does correct 40%? Sure. And you need that money then at that point in time? Yep. I just don't think that makes very much sense for hardly anybody. No. No. And you need to put it in places where, you know, you trust them. I mean, insurance, these insurance companies are, have been around for, what, 150 plus years. They've weathered all the storms. They've been through pandemics. They've been through depressions. Wars. They, yes. So they know how to navigate this stuff. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call that. Um, so they know how to, they know how to navigate it. So that, that brings peace of mind to me, I guess, that, hey, if we go off the dollar, if the dollar gets wrecked, ruined or whatever, well, what? where's a better place to have that money sitting than an insurance company who's been around before all this stuff? So, that are much more solvent than a traditional banking system is. Sure. And they, they own, you know, they own things. They own businesses. They own, what else? They own real estate. I mean, yeah, they own, they own bonds. They own, they have, some companies have a very small portion of money in the stock market. Um, some of them do like, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, venture. Uh, venture capital. Venture capital. Some of them do like venture capital um, with a small portion, but business is another thing, like you said, um, real estate. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that they are probably, you know, some of the top companies to weather whatever storm is going to be thrown or come this way. Definitely. And they have a track record to prove it, like we just went over. So... I mean, to answer the question, does does whole life insurance, does the IBC, um, do those things fit 
into a, an emergency savings vehicle. Absolutely. Perfectly. In, in our mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, it almost couldn't line up any better. Exactly. And then at some point, you're probably going to have more money in there than what you need for emergency funds. So, I mean, because it's going to be growing. So that's just, you know, it's providing a stream of income. Maybe later in retirement for you, it's going to be passing on death benefit. Whereas if you would have just had that money sitting in a savings account, not earning hardly any interest and absolutely not having a death benefit, like it's just adding to the benefits. Yeah, I mean, the the benefits are just so so much greater than what a traditional account offers. And then that's something interesting that I just thought of that after something you just said, um, you know, this, this account is going to be growing. So eventually it's going to have more money in it than, than what you think you need for, uh, emergency savings. I mean, if that's of the opinion that you're at, fine. I mean, just take the dividends as cash then at the end of the year or something, you know? Yeah. Or use it to fund business ventures or whatever. I mean. Sure. I mean, the policy doesn't have to just be a standalone for your emergency savings. You know, you can incorporate it into other things. Sure. Just be aware that you keep keep money in there if that's what you're using your policy for, for emergency savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So uh, it does go against the grain. So I know it, it's it's hard to just come across the infinite banking concept and be like, hmm, I should replace my savings account. Or I should move the majority of my savings from a savings account to this. So, I mean, that's just something that you're going to have to arrive at through, you know, listening to our podcast, going through some other resources, and then, you know. Yeah, do your own research, too. You know, don't just listen to us. Look look what other people are saying that, yeah. that have actually educated themselves about this. And don't look for other people to convince you. Like, you're going to have to convince yourself that this is right for you. Because mm-hmm. nobody, else, nobody else can truly do that for you without without some sort of interest. I mean, whether you talk to the guy who sells a whole life insurance like us, or you talk to um, somebody who sells stocks or whatever, I mean, everybody has a little bit of a biased view. So you have to arrive at it on your own. Yeah, this has to line up with the financial picture that you want for yourself and your life. Yeah, so. That's all I got. Do you have anything, Kyle? No, I think that kind of covers it. Okay. Well, guys, until next week, um, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.